Hello, listeners. Welcome to Educational Landscapes, Lessons from Leaders. On today's episode, we are going to learn from Tawana Daniels. Welcome to the show, Tawana. Thank you, Alamo. So to get us going, what is your educational leadership title or titles? So I essentially have two titles. My um, main title is the Senior Associate Director in the Office of Graduate Medical Education in the School of Medicine. And I also hold a title of the Institutional Coordinator um, for all of our training programs through our accrediting body, ACGME which is the Accreditation Council for Graduate Medical Education. Thank you so much. That was quite the mouthful. I know. <laughs> I know. It's it's when I when I have to explain my title, it's either what do you do or what is that? So I, I get that a lot. <laughs> um and I, I'm going to be feeding into that by asking what do you do in those roles? So um, in my role as senior associate director in the GME office, it kind of coincides, it kind of coincides with the um, being the institutional coordinator. So um, I help manage um, all of our training programs with our associate dean in the graduate medical education office, or I'll say GME just to be just to that's one of the acronyms I'll probably say a lot. And I um, have three direct reports, and I. Um, essentially oversee them in terms of um, responsibilities in the front office of our uh, of the GME office and um, I oversee the budgets the FTE budgets for our hospitals I oversee the training um, the uh, master agreements I'm sorry and the program letter of agreements that we have between our hospitals and programs and what else do I do? I am the GMEC coordinator. That is the main oversight body for all of our training, our training programs. And I do whatever else is assigned to me. <laughs> it's that bucket where everything else is in that bucket. So duties as assigned to as well. Indeed, indeed. That that bucket can be small, but it can also be big. That is duties as assigned. It can be big, but I think learning that that's where you get most most of your learning and your growth is in that task as assigned because it challenges you to go outside the box because you know most times you're in the office and you know this is what I do. This is when I come to office. This is what I'm. I'm expected to do, but then when somebody says, Tawana, can you do this? Um, I find it, um, I like, you know, given that it's, I have tons of things to do, but when you give me additional tasks, that means it gives me an opportunity to learn and to grow in the office so I can, you know, learn more things in our office. I love that perspective. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> So given the broad range of things you do, because I heard, you know, GM, GMEC coordinator, you're dealing with agreements with hospitals and all of this stuff, what skills do you use in your roles? Okay, I think the first one is time management, because you, you have different hats, and so you have to be able to look at your task for today and to and determine what is the priority and what needs to be taken care of or what you can kind of um, put 
as a lower priority. So you, so, so time management is one of the biggest ones I would, I would attribute in communication because you have to be able to communicate. Um, in my role, I have to communicate with, with the deans, with um, program directors, with coordinators, and with people on our team. So, um, communication is is another um, big skill that I kind of, I use every day, and probably one of the biggest is adapt uh, adaptability. Oh my gosh. Um, Things are, uh, accreditation is always changing. Um, So with that change makes, causes me to have to learn different, um, learn the new requirements and to adapt to the change and to be able to express those changes to to, um, our program. So, you know, one of the things that was hard for me it's kind of hard for me. It's changed. I've been in this role for 16, almost 16 years. And, you know, you get used to a thing. And when I first started, change was like, no, we've always done it this way. But now I learned that, okay, you know, okay, something new, get it together, learn it and move forward as opposed to just letting it be a sticking point where you feel like you can't go on. So, um, and again, problem solving and teamwork is always important. Creativity um, because that, you know, with the new, with new, with changes requires us to see, um, come up with creative ways to make things happen. Um, leadership, I, um, being the accreditation manager, I, I would say that I do have to have some type of leadership in terms of knowing requirements, knowing language, so that when someone comes to me, I'm able to explain that. And um, I would say um, interpersonal skills and work ethic, work ethic is one of the most important things to me because I think everything I do speaks to me. And so I do want things that I do or say to reflect me as a person and my character. So I feel that's really important. I know that's a lot, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Given how much you do, it makes sense that that's a lot. (laughs) it is but um but I think your work to me I feel like your work speaks to you and speaks about you so I always try to make sure that I uh reflect uh reflect positively in the things that I do and say and if I make a mistake I will you know apologize for it because there's no one's perfect and I think it's important for you to learn from yourself as well and know that, yeah, you may make a mistake, but it's, you know, pick yourself up and apologize or, or make it, you know, make it right and just keep it moving. Absolutely. Such wise words because, <laughs> you know, as you said, change is our constant, right? Yes. And, yes. And with change comes errors, even yes. you know, when we're trying to be adaptable and all of that, um, we're learning as we go. So mm-hmm. I really love that, how much you um, embrace that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also appreciate you telling us about how that wasn't how you always were, but you've come to that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was, it was a big change, you know, a big thing for me to have to deal with change um because again 
I, I'm into processes. So step one, step two, you don't do two unless you've done one first. But sometimes three creeps in and it needs to come before one. And I'm like, ah, but now I'm like, okay, keep it moving. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So important, so important. And so you mentioned that you've been with GME for 16 years. Can you tell us a bit about what your journey was that led to this current role? Yeah, so it'll be 16 and 16 years in November of this year. But um, I started at Emory in the graduate medical education office. I've been here in this office for my whole time at Emory. I started in November 2007 and I came in as an admin assistant. Um, and um, I was very new to graduate medical education. I did have some experience into the clerkship um, with my previous job at Vanderbilt. But coming into this role um, and starting, I would say, at a lower level, um, you know, it was a foundation for me. Um, and I was a, a, a admin assistant probably about three or four years, and then I moved up to um, a senior associate. Um, I'm a that position is not even that job code is not even available anymore. But, um, but I moved up to that to that level, and it was still, uh, it wasn't a leadership role, but it was just a step up. And and again, that was more of a ground level thing. It was doing more front office responsibilities. And I do remember at some point in my um, career here, I talked to the assistant dean at the time who was Marilyn. I told her that I wanted to do more because I just felt like felt like, you know, I knew how to do the basic stuff, but that I felt like I, there's more I could do. And she um she basically took me under her wing and and gave me different um tracks, um, asked me which way did I want to go, which path did I want to go, either HR or accreditation. And I chose accreditation because I just love the idea of having requirements and processes in place that um that you know you can you adhere if you adhere to these and stay within this realm, then you know those things can lead programs forward. So um then I just kind of moved up in the ranks and then I became a um assistant director, which you know was it was, I was happy for, but it was challenging because then I was um, tasked with supervising other people. And, you know, that was, again, that was, I appreciated that step up, but then having to um, do my work and oversee other people, that was, you know, that was kind of challenging for me because I've never done that before. So um, again, I embraced it, took advantage of, um, Emory's um, Essentials and Leadership course that they have. And so, you know, kind of worked, continued to work my way up and from assistant director, became associate director. And um, today I am, again, the senior associate director and the institutional coordinator for all of our programs. When we, when I started in 2007, we only, we had 88 programs. Now we have 117 programs. So, it's a lot, it's, it's, it's real, it's a lot more work, but, but it's okay. I mean, I am grateful 
for for where I am now because um you know in my younger days people really didn't expect a lot from me because um you know of choices that I made but I was um I had friends and um other mentors who told me that you know your your past does not have to define your future and you can um you know you can you if you have value in yourself then you know you can there's nothing that you cannot achieve indeed such an inspirational journey that you've had and i love how you know you had talked about earlier taking on those other duties as assigned and by you doing that you have grown in your different roles to the role that you have so thank you that is so inspiring oh yeah and and i and you know a lot of i had some people ask me how did you how did you get that role and you know i always tell people that no one gave me this role i had to work for it i had to work hard for it i had to study accreditation i had to um study requirements and when people see that you invest you know that you put your time into learning something and when you have mentors um um for me my mentor at the time was again marilyn bond and dr zayden they you know they invested time in me i asked questions and if there were things that I didn't understand, if there were times that were in meetings and things, you know, some languages above my head, they took time to explain stuff to me. So I, you know, I think it's all about who you surround yourself with and, and, and again, investing time in yourself to learn, to learn things and to ask questions if there's something you don't understand. Indeed, indeed. You know, I, I think about, as you said, um, how many programs there are now <laughs> and accreditation, you know, it's at the program accreditation, at the institutional level accreditation. And I, I must tell listeners that I am forever amazed at your ability to remember details about <laughs> our programs, how long they are, who is the program director. And I just, I think it's a testament, as you said, to who you are and how much value you put into the roles that you take. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it's, and it's 117 today and counting. <laughs> We're still growing, but, uh, which is a good thing. I think growth is good, but yeah, I just, I don't know. People ask me questions and I just spit it out. Not even, yes. I don't even think it's conscious. I'll just I mean, they'd be like, how do you know that? I'm like, I don't know. I've been doing this, been doing this for a while. So <laughs> I'm sure so many people, because I know I appreciate you for that. Whenever I'm going, Ooh, how long is that program? Who is the <laughs> You just have it at the top of your head. I don't even, sometimes I cheat. I don't even bother looking. I'm like, Tawana will know. <laughs> yes. That's good. I mean, I don't mind. I think that's good. <laughs> but thank you for that. I appreciate that. Oh, most welcome. Most welcome. So as you kind of reflect on the journey that you have been on and continue to be on, what do you wish you knew before stepping into your current leadership role? Um, I think I wish I had knew more or Maybe I wish I had more confidence in myself. I think a lot of things that, 
I've been hesitant to do things because, you know, you have this, I have this um, thing in the back of my head, like you, you know, you can't do it. Listening to previous voices mm -hmm. that um, have told you that, you know, you, you know, you'll probably always be someone working at a restaurant or something like that. And, and and just not having that confidence to know that you know you can do this and you and um nothing's too hard for you if you put your work you know put your mind and work hard for it so i wish i had just knew that known more about myself to know that you know i can do this and i know there were times when i would be in meetings and and i wouldn't say anything because I was feeling like I, uh, maybe I didn't deserve to be in these circles looking, you know, at everyone else who was in the table. But um, someone told me that, you know, you, you know, you have to, if you can express yourself and it's okay. And, you know, you may not be the most, the person at the table who know the most, but you can contribute to the conversation. And so I've just, I'm learning to do that more, to speak, you know, to speak out more, to ask questions more. So I would say for me, that would be something that I wish I knew more about myself. So important, you know, I think I hear that from a lot of people, this, the, the confidence and uh, what some people refer to as the imposter syndrome and how, mm -hmm. You know, it sits there, but as we keep going, we help prove to ourselves in that imposter syndrome that we can keep, um, you know, moving forward. We can share our voice at different tables. So right. I think that's so important. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and then you try to make sure that people that, you know, people that you uh, work with or people that you supervise, you make sure that for me, I make I try to make sure that they know that they can ask me any question. There's no question that's too small and that, you know, if I can't give them the answer, then I'll try to, you know, work with someone who can give it to them. Cause I want people, I want people to, the people that I supervise or the people around me to know that they can get to this level too. You know, you don't have to stay at where you are, but you can, um, you can always go up if you work hard and just, and just learn and um, ask questions. So important. So thinking about that, asking questions um, and recognizing <laughs> that you have so much <laughs> that you have to keep track of, you know, with accreditation and all of that good stuff. What continuing professional development do you do to keep up with the needs of your role? Okay. So one of the good things about um, our accreditation body is that we have our annual conference and that is one of the um, one of the most important things that um, I'm able to go to because they have um, a wealth of sessions pertaining to accreditation. Um, so I, I take advantage of those um, each year. And one of the things that um, our accrediting body does is they have different sessions on their website. And I um, look at those as well, just to try to get a sense of what's going on and what changes are in place. Um, they always have um, different webinars when there are changes that come 
um, ahead or changes that are coming down the pike. They have these ses webinar sessions and, and I um, try to attend all of them so that I can get a better understanding because what typically happens is, was, is when there is a change, our programs will reach out to um, our associate dean, which is Dr. Shane, or myself for, for questions. And so I'd like to at least have a general understanding of what is um, what the changes are and how it will affect our programs or our trainees. So, so that is one of the um, things I try to make sure that I continue to do is take advantage of that. And another thing I do, which people may find super boring, is that I print off the requirements and I read them. <laughs> I read them from. Somebody does. <laughs> I read them from cover to cover, highlight, and you know, make notes. See if there's changes that we need to do as an institution. So, those are the um, typical things that I do in terms of being uh, a, a supervisor. I try to take advantage of the different sessions that Emory has for for leadership training, or I. Um, there are different things on YouTube that I try to look at to see, you know, how I can be uh, more effective in terms of um, being being a supervisor to those under me and um, making sure that they have the things that they need to to grow in their role mm -hmm. as well. That's great. That's great. So. What advice would you give to someone interested in doing the same type of leadership roles that you have? Um, take advantage of the resources that are available, the free resources that are available. Um, if if there's someone who wants to do um something along the lines that along the same lines that I'm doing, or if there's another you know, someone who sees someone that I'm, my goal is to get where you are, ask that person to mentor you, you know, make time to sit with that person and just talk, you know, to them about the different steps that they took to get to that role, the challenges that comes with that role, what they, what, what that person needs to do to get ahead in that role. So, um, so those are the things that I would suggest and, and again, I think the most important thing is having the confidence to know that I can, I'm capable of getting to this specific role if I put in the work for it and, and not think that someone is supposed to give it to me. I think it comes with hard work. And I, again, I'm thankful for those who taught me, who worked with me, who sat with me. And told me sometimes, okay, Toronto, you probably need to go in this direction or you need to look at things this way, you know. And sometimes I was told, no, this is not the best way to do it. And you have to be able to sit with that, you know. Every no is not a bad thing. So um, those would probably be, that would probably be my advice. Thank you. And I think that's really powerful, uh, you know, the last bit you said that, Every no is not a bad thing. Right. You know, I think, um, and the importance of sitting with it, because we sometimes only understand it way later when reflecting that, oh, yeah, that's why that was a good 
Right. It, it, and I think sometimes you think um, I've even had to experience where I thought I was ready for a different role, a higher role when um, back in my um, um, years of being here at Emory. And, and I really, I wasn't. And someone talked to me and we kind of sat down and, you know, talked about this, you know, is this what really what you want to do? Because this is what it entails. And are you, do you think that you're ready for this level yet? And, and, you know, I had to sit with that and be honest with myself and say, no, I honestly can say I'm not ready for that. And so I had to just kind of develop myself and then eventually I was able to get to that next role. So Thank you. and it comes with someone, um, you know, there comes with someone knowing you and have someone that you're comfortable with having an honest conversation and comfortable with list, with hearing that feedback, mm -hmm. you know, and um, and knowing that it's all for your growth. Indeed, indeed. And so thinking about, you know, your growth, but you work in education, so there's other people's growth too all, all around you. Mm-hmm. How do you support or expand education in your profession or through your roles? Um, I think, um, again, I think for the people that, um, that I supervise, I always want, I feel like it is my responsibility to make sure that they have the opportunities that I was given. So, um, one of the things that I think Emory is great at is having this, um, these different, um, different um, groups of, of training. Um, is the ad administrative professionals um, cohort, and then they have the essentials and leadership. So, um, one of the things that we are allowed to do is to make sure that our our people in our office get some type of professional development. And and that's something that I advocate for um, those that I supervise. And, and, and again, even when we have our one-on-one -on -one meetings, I always want them to ask me questions. I try to um, instill what I have, what's been given to me and to them, because I think it's good to train um, to make sure that someone else knows what you're doing. It shouldn't be my baby. It's like, this is mine. No one else can have it. No, I want to be able to, um, if I'm away, the the task is still going on, you know? So I think it's important to make sure that there's someone in your, in your, um, in our office who knows what you're doing and that you're training them to, um, or teaching them how to do a specific task. So at some point you can let that go and then give them a chance to um to thrive in that role and go to a higher level so important so important thank you so recognizing you have done so many things <laughs> in order to you know keep the keep the ship afloat as they say <laughs> what would you say contributed to your biggest successes thus far um, I think having um mentors that were um that were that's that were here were um in my corner and was able to teach me different things, was able to get get me to look at things differently, was able to tell me, okay, Twan, you may need to, you know, hold off on such and such for a year. And um 
and I think another thing that I contribute to myself is just um just being humble with where you are. I don't feel like I've I have um reached to us, you know, I don't feel like I'm all, I'll say all of that or something. I'm still humble. I still come to work. Um, I, I feel like I still treat everyone as if I was that assistant, um, admin assistant. Um, my title does not, um, mean that I cannot talk to, you know, talk to everyone the same. I just, I just feel like, um, for me is to be an example for those around me because, you know, people see you and they may not ever speak to you, but they can see how you interact with people. They can see your character. So that is one of the things that I really contribute is just, um, you know, continuing to be who I am, who I was on November 2007 in terms of how I relate and interact with people. Yes. And how powerful that has been, you know, knowing who you are and keeping that uh, front and center as you grow. Somehow. Yes. Right. And, and and it has, and I haven't changed. I mean, I still love to laugh. I still, I still love to, to joke and, you know, we'll have little dance parts. I love, I still love to do that. So me as a person, you know, I, I have different responsibilities, but I still want people to be able to come and talk to me, um, you know, if they if they have a concern or something. So considering, you know, you've done a lot of things, um, what has been one of your greatest successes thus far? Um, I would probably say the day that I uh, was looking on... ACGME, our accreditation website, and I saw that I got the award for institutional coordinator. Um, the, I'm sorry, the ACGME institutional coordinator award for 2020. Um, I know that um, our previous um, DIO, Dr. Aaron, was working to get um, get that um, award for me, but you know, with ACGME, sometimes you have to try different times. So I really wasn't expecting it, but one night on a Saturday, cause I had nothing else to do. And I like to look at, I like to look at different things on our website just to make sure I, you know, uh, that I have the information I saw. I went to ACG and just looked at the awardees and my name was there. And I, I actually clicked off the page and I was like, what, uh, that's what a minute. And then I clicked back on it and I was just sitting there. I was like, wow, um, this is such an honor just to have people, um, my colleagues and peers, uh, write nominations for me to get that award. So I would say today that has been one of the greatest successes. Um, I was able to share that with my, you know, my uncle and my grandmother who basically raised me and they were so, you know, so, um, proud of me and, you know, and said that they, that my mother who passed away when I was nine would have been so proud of me. So that is like one of the biggest probably successes. And for them to see that in 2020, um, because they both passed away, my uncle and my uh, grandmother passed away last year. So for them to know that the Tawana that they saw, you know, that was, you know, kind of 
you know, I would say a wild child back then that she grew up and she learned and she was able to get to this role. So that would probably be one, you know, one of the biggest things for me. That is, that is so powerful. And I, you know, I, I agree when I think about all that you do with accreditation and keeping track of all of those programs, it is definitely an amazing success. And I'm so glad that your family was around to, to see that growth. And oh, yeah. Yeah. That was such a blessing. And, you know, I tell people that, you know, people don't, you know, people, when people see me or certain people, you know, you, you don't look like what you've been through. So, you know, I think it's good to, if there's someone that you, um, you see someone who's in a role that you aspire to get to, to sit down with that person and learn their story so that, you know, you could get appreciation of what it took to get, you know, to that role or even to that position. Indeed, indeed. And so recognizing, um, as you said, you're constantly recognizing that you've got to adapt um, because change is constant. What would you say um, are your biggest growth opportunities currently? Um, so I think one of the things I would love to grow into more is just learning more operationally about you know, the GME office and because I know I know accreditation piece, but to know what it takes to run a whole GME office, I think that would be another growth opportunity because I'm kind of on one aspect or spectrum of the, um, you know, of, of um, graduate medical education. And you know, one of the things that is becoming um more frequent in terms of the task is um, understanding more about this FTE, um, you know, the requirements for faculty um, program directors and program coordinators. I kind of work with our um, school of um, school of medicine, business and finance office to make sure that our programs are getting the right uh, amount of FTE support as re, as the uh, require as their program specific requirements allows, but it's so much bigger than that, and um and it's you know it's just more things that I want to know about you know GME as a whole. So I would I would say I would say that. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> accreditation is so big. <laughs> I, I know it's no. I know. And it's like oh, when I first started was, okay, accreditation, making sure all the programs turn in things on time and that we create reports and, you know, so that programs, so that, you know, our oversight committee can see how we're doing. But now as ACGME is changing things that requires me to to get deeper into things. And so again, I that's just, I know, I know about it. I know how to to give information, but there's so much in the background that I would just like to know um, just for me so I can get a better sense of what's really, you know, what's really going on because our, we are continuing to grow and um, it's just like, wow. One of the things that I remember 
Dr. Zayden told me he was the um, DIO, the associate dean, when I started in 2007. Uh One of the things he told me that I remember to this day is that he said, this place is job security where I am. And I totally, (laughs) totally agree. It's job security because it's always room to, you know, growth to, um, you know, places to grow and to change. And so there's always something changing. So that's, I'm so thankful for that. So true, because just thinking about the range of things and um, yeah, I think that is powerful, that it's a great space for continued growth. Oh, yes, absolutely. So as you reflect on the things that you've done, what what do you love most about your work and what you do? Um, I know people would think this is weird, but I just love going... I love reading about accreditation. I love reading about requirements. Um, I love trying, I love um, making sure that our programs are remaining compliant, that they are turning in things. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's a lot, but I do enjoy it. You know, doing reports, like today I'm working on our survey, our survey report so I can provide to our oversight committee. Um, those are things that I like. and. Um, and um, I wouldn't take anything for it. Um, I just, that's just where I am right now. Um, and again, just to know when I first started as an uh, admin assistant, I would have never thought that I would get to the place where I can actually go into the database and, un- you know, read different things and understand different things and even to have program directors set up meetings with me so that I can explain stuff to them. That is, that is like amazing to me. Sometimes, sometimes I just sit back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so, so thankful and grateful for this opportunity. Indeed, indeed. As somebody who has turned to you many a time, uh, (laughs) we appreciate you for it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Thank you so much. So overall, as you reflect on your experiences to date, um, what would you say your passions are around education, you know, in general right now? Um, One of the things that I have been, um, grown a passion for is um, making sure that our G that our GME community has a space to connect with each other and to learn from each other. You, you know, we have, um, Emory is a big place and we have training, um, programs in different locations, but it's, um, the program director who, um, is the one who have, is the one who have oversight over those programs. So, one of the passions, one of the things that I um, know that we are working towards is building a greater community between um, with the GM with GME and other program and program directors in terms of having us in terms of having the program directors come together to have best, you know, to share best practices, to ask each other questions, because you can you can come to the GME office and ask us questions, but I think it's better for the program directors when they can talk to each other. And, and you know, we have program director workshops and meetings, but I think it's something different if we can have this time, this space for them to just come to, together and just ask questions. So that is one of the things that I, that I um, 
that I'm passionate about is, you know, is in terms of our training programs and directors having the things that they need um, to train our, you know, to train our residents and our fellows. And and again, one of the the most important things is that our institution remains, you know, continues to have continued accreditation with no citations. Um, that is also, you know, that's also a big thing that speaks to how we as a as a community or is making sure that our institution is thriving as a whole. Wonderful, wonderful work. <laughs> so recognizing that you are more than your career, mm -hmm. what are some things you do outside of work to help maintain joy in life and practice? So I do um, love spending time with my um, my grandbaby. She is five. Um, uh, her name is Erin. Um, I do enjoy spending time with um, my husband and I. We will go out, you know, and just kind of hang out together, just have that time for us. I do um, take time and space to um, go and worship at um at my church, that's that's one of the things that's most important to me is that I have that time um, um, for worship. And I love to read books. One of the books that I'm reading now is a book called Oneness Embraced by Tony Evans. And I love to draw. That's one of the things I don't do a lot. But when I have the time to just sit and be, I do like to draw. I love that. See, something I had no idea about you. <laughs> yes, I do, but I have. It has to be in a. I just can't sit like and just draw. It has to be in a time where I have time to think mm -hmm. and to just do nothing. That I, you know, I have sketch pads and stuff. So there, you know, I have drawn different things, and I take class courses on YouTube on how to draw. You know, how to draw different things. So that's something that I really enjoy. That I love, and it's linked to you know at the beginning you talked about creativity and mm -hmm. that is yeah oh yeah yeah so that's that's what I like to do and sometimes I just like to sit you know just sit and just watch TV I like to watch old shows and stuff just to if I just need to just blank out yeah. I'll just sit and just go to one of those old stations and just watch old shows you know just just to you know just to do something but you know. That's me. <laughs> love, love that. And, you know, thank you so much for taking your time to share, you know, a piece of you with us today. Those were my main questions for you. But before we let you go, are there any last words of wisdom that you'd like to share with aspiring educators or education leaders? Um, Just to believe in yourself and do not um, let your past determine your future, um, that you can achieve anything that you work hard towards. It's going to take work, but it's worth it in the end. And um, just know that, that, you, uh, that you can do it. And I think most important, believe in yourself. wise words to end off with. Thank you again, Tawana. Thank you. And it's such an honor um, to talk to you, Ulema. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.